Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks, shortcuts, designed to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. I'm your host, David Ubita. Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs starts right now. Hey guys, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks, shortcuts to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. I'm your host, David Ubita. In this episode, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and profits over wages podcast hosts, Ricardo Rodriguez and Matthew Messick share the secret behind what it takes to own, operate, and grow multiple companies all at the same time. We'll dive into their story when we return. Guys, welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast here with with two good friends, Ricardo and Matt. And when I reconnected with uh, Ricardo, a lot of memories of my flipping days, real estate flipping days came to mind. And I know that you guys were in the real estate game and the investor side. And actually, you guys would be the first guests uh, on our podcast in that space. So I've got some questions and and um, we might have some answers. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us, tell our audience a little bit about what your business looks like right now before we dive into how in the world you got here. Okay, go ahead, man. So we have um, two real estate investors. We do uh, fix and flip projects, uh, value add. So they're all like gut rehabs with second floor additions. Uh, mostly there were bungalows and we popped the top and add a second floor. Um, we also have a construction company. And we have a brokerage that we just opened. So we have brokerage, construction, and um, development on our one roof. And we've got about 15 projects going on right now. And then um, we're- 16. 16. We just bought Taylor. Rehabs? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we got a closing tomorrow, actually, too. Uh, My favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're getting to new construction as well. All right. So you've got 16 projects going on simultaneously. Are these primarily- uh, urban in the city suburbs they're all on the uh, northwest side of chicago on the north side and then we got a, a couple of the uh, suburbs displays at oak park are the ones in the suburbs yeah mm. okay so g- walk us through what your typical project would look like i mean especially i want us to talk about this what you do from the perspective as if someone is interested in learning the game. Let's talk about our ideal customer first, because I know we talked about this on our podcast. Let's do that. Um, our ideal buyer is not somebody who's buying their first home, though millennials seem to be buying their dream home from the get-go. Yeah, right. But our ideal buyer is somebody who's buying, who's moving out from downtown Chicago their condo has gotten too small for them. It's a two bed, two bath condo, thousand square feet. And they're thinking about having a family, having a dog. They're thinking about having kids. So they're necessarily not ready to move to the suburbs. 
but they want a home big enough still within the city limits that has 3,000 square feet, five bedrooms, three and a half bathrooms. That's our uh, ideal. Open concept for entertaining. Right. So a beautiful modern home that, you know, smart home that you could tell it, hey, turn off the lights or turn on the TV or, you know, lower the temperature to 65 kind of thing. So just a a, a brand new home within the shell of an old school Chicago brick bungalow. So Life Hackers, I'm actually sitting here in one of your projects and it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I would definitely move in here for sure. I think I would too. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. (laughs) It's beautiful. Um, Okay. So I love the, the clarity there. And I think that's one of the first things that, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because in any business, whether it be real estate, if you're selling pancakes, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're not clear about who your ideal client is, and you've heard me preach this at nauseum in our, in our program, but to hear a, a fellow business owner understand the importance of who your ideal client is, the problem you're solving for them. And then obviously this offer, I mean, it's, it's freaking gorgeous in here. Um, how did you come up with, with that whole strategy? What led you to the place where you found this type of clarity? Um, just, we were already in real estate and we had to find what it was that we wanted to make our projects. Like what we sort of started, we sort of landed upon it backwards because we were already doing real estate. We were already doing flips, but we didn't have an actual clarity for our business. So a lot of things were very up in the air. Just if we're being honest, things weren't going so well. Mm -hmm. So we had to get that clarity in order for us to get to like where we actually saw our business going so it was from actually came backwards but once we figured that out um now it's like matt said we're working on a lot of projects at once obviously they're not all you know on at the same stages they're all different stages different construction absolutely um but yeah but we really have stuff systematized now we know what we're doing everything's kind of the same it's the same price like we're um we know what to expect now instead of going in be like oh let's try to do this hope it works out and we'll do our best like now it's we gotta kind of all end up so we're scaling a lot now too so tell our listeners how you guys got involved in real estate investing and what would be some advice that you'd give someone who's actually interested in dabbling in real estate yeah let's go back to i mean i think matt tells the story well of how we started working together so i'll let him answer that yeah, so on my side, I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It totally changed my life. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to do real estate investing. So I started going to networking events. And that's where our real estate networking events. And that's where I met Ricardo. And uh, we were probably the two youngest people at the, you know, the entire event. <laughs> um, everyone else was in their 30s, 40s, 50s, sure. 60s. We were both like in our mm-hmm. mid-20s. Not nice. that 30 is old, but we were still. <laughs> at, I was, still, I was in my early 20s. He was in his mid-20s. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this real estate investing thing. But like, I'm super young. I don't know what I'm doing. And then uh, we're in the same age. We're like, hey, you want to just partner up together? And then we could figure it out. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Beautiful. So we did that. Um, so then we started doing wholesale deals on the side where we're both at our full-time jobs. All right. So tell the audience what wholesaling is. Yeah. So wholesaling is when you just find a property, um, a homeowner that wants to sell, and then you get it under contract with them at a discounted price. And then you basically uh, sell or assign the contract to an actual rehabber or flipper um, for a markup and you make a fee in between. So basically, um, 
you don't have any risk, you don't have any money in the project, and you can make some money without, you know, basically having no resources. You're just putting in the time and work. So the key, though, is that you're finding a, a, a homeowner that could be in distress or someone who may not be in distress but is looking to move their property. You're not going on the MLS Right, so finding properties and then pitching them as wholesale deals. It's we've seen that yeah. done, but no. oh yeah, it's weird. I, that's like that's why I'm saying it because yeah. I've heard wholesalers do that all the time. I'm like, look, man, that's not wholesaling. Yeah, because yeah. people are gonna see them like I just buy directly from the homeowner. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how we got. So that's how we got started. But then um, after a while, you know, because that's one of the things that I say when people try to get started in real estate, they think that you know wholesaling is the one that's the easiest right because there's no risk you're not doing any work you're just putting a property in their contract turning over turning it over to somebody else and making some sort of cut in between but the hard part about that is that you've never done a rehab you've never lifted a hammer you've never bought drywall you've never estimated repairs on an actual property so a lot of the time it's like you're trying to wholesale a property and you're estimating repairs based on Nothing because you've never done any repairs. You're, you're guessing all the numbers yeah. and you're hoping the rehabber agrees with you. You know what, what's irritating about that approach um, that's pitched by gurus all the time? Mm-hmm. The real estate gurus? Oh, if you try to, you know, whole, wholesaling and you'll make this and that. When I've realized that wholesaling can be a very lucrative business, I've got friends who do it at high volume, but it's taken them years to develop. It takes a long time. That yeah. list of vetted investors having a system in place where you can find homeowners direct that takes more time mm-hmm. than what the gurus per se are saying well if you just do this it's no money and i honestly believe that they do that just to get people just to get button seats right so that they walk in the door and then they'll try to pitch them for something else yeah which yeah, is irritating continue the story oh so then yeah we um after doing that for a couple of years we're like okay we're going to do this for real or not so then we both end up leaving our jobs we incorporated and then we bought our first rental and our first two flips within like three months of each other what was that like how did that feel um it was awesome because we're like okay we're not just wholesalers we're trying to do real estate like we own property now and um we're getting the actual experience and then were you guys nervous um not really, you know. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, it was just because we had. It's also because we don't know what the hell we're doing. So <laughs> yeah. it was more like ignorance was bliss. So it's like <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. Exactly. We, <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, everything's gonna work. It's gonna be for awesome our, for our own good. We didn't know how hard it was gonna be. Because you know, every flip it. is perfect, right? There is never a surprise I mean, ever. Even if the one that we're standing in right now, it's it wasn't perfect. Yeah. That's pretty close. You this know, one was really, it was good, but it's like we still had the challenges. There's always something that happens. Yeah. But like I've um I've said before, it's like I think everything happens in every flip. You just get really good at dealing with the bullshit. I don't know if you can swear on your podcast, by the way. <laughs> well, we do now. But we do now. Okay. <laughs> now we're gonna have to make it we're gonna have to make it explicit just for me because apparently I swear a lot. I'll have to put the little you know rated R sign. Right, right. <laughs> no, so like I feel like just in every endeavor and business and entrepreneurship in general stuff always happens but the more experience you get the less it faces you because you've dealt with it before so you're like okay yeah that i've already dealt with that i know how to how to deal with it or you see it ahead of time where you actually avoid that mistake yeah like your tolerance level increases right like the more spicy food you eat the more you know tolerance you have for spicy food exactly same thing exactly or alcohol and then then you know what to do on the next one (laughs) you keep making the different (laughs) mistakes Until uh, you no longer make them because you already know what to expect. You know, you're not going to let something happen to you. They already happen because you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. Totally. So you guys 
got your first, you know, couple of deals down. How many are in the pipeline or how many have you guys uh, done so far? Um, we're at like 21. Beautiful. Total transactions. Very nice. Um, and a lot of those are, we just started scaling a lot this year. So a lot of those are backloaded too, because, you know, as a, you know, business owner, entrepreneur, it's not a linear, like every year, you know, say as like an employee, you get a little bit of a raise. As an employee, you do some deals the first year, then you do like double the second, you know, it, it um, Compounds. it grows exponentially. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we're in that phase right now where we're scaling. We got all our systems down. We know what we're doing. Um, it's just, we're executing for the most part. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So what's been the most difficult transaction or rehab project and what were the challenges? We had one that was our biggest one, um, at the time. Roscoe. Yeah. And then there was contractor issues. There was, um, we ran out of money. And um, where to get more what money? What contract to, issues? We changed the plans one. in the middle of the. Pro- this is all fucking. Uh, we, we did it every. Makes me uh, angry because it was so bad. <laughs> we made so many mistakes, <laughs> and it was actually probably like a, a deal that would bankrupt anybody else because a lot of those deals do bankrupt people. But sure. we stuck with it. We got the project done. Like a lot of people would just walk away and let it sit or let someone take it back. But um, you know, it's, it was either do we give up and go back to something else, or do we get through this, use it as a lesson, and then. Um, we ended up doing that and that we use that as a base for all our future projects because then we went through it and we knew all the mistakes. So, so we made every mistake in the book. So then every project after that, we knew what to do because we did it wrong in the first place. Um, hmm. But yeah, there's a lot there. of issues on that. I've been there, done that, man. There's been some times where I want to choke some you know, contractors. <laughs> I'm like, dude. <laughs> but I think a lot of it comes from yourself. Like I know the mistakes. We made the mistakes. But we could easily blame the contractors for them, you know, screwing us over. But at the same time, it's it was our fault. We didn't set the right expectations. We didn't set anything the correct way. We set them up for failure. Very true. Very good point. You know, always take a look at what your contribution was. I like it. We're too tolerant. We didn't. Um, we're so tolerant that he thought that we were friends, and I'm like, no. Yeah, this is business. This is business, right? It's like yeah. you can't just leave for two or three weeks. And let the so it's like sit. when it's time to and discipline somebody, it's like, oh, I thought we were friends. Like, no. You're like you still work for if me. Fr- if we're friends, yeah. then you could then you can should work for free. Like Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. You're helping me out. I'm like Yeah. But yeah, that was a that was probably the biggest one um as far as the one that we learned the most on. because uh, if it wasn't for that one, we probably we probably wouldn't be where we're at now. So you guys started out in different fields before you guys took the dive. Uh, yeah, Matt worked as a staff account staff accountant. Yeah, uh, at a startup downtown. I worked out in the suburbs as a design engineer and project engineer for a manufacturing plant. Really, just drawing. Yeah, that's a, a big transition. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it kind of worked good because then, you know, I would raise money for the projects. So I had an accounting background and Ricardo would manage the construction. I think there's a lot of skills that translate from our previous careers to what we do now. Um, Matt, having an accounting background, it's very easy for him. To, for him, He does the racing. He the does funds. the numbers. Right. So it's very easy for him to talk business or not to talk business, but because you do have a business degree. Yeah, that's true. But it's very easy for him to talk numbers with somebody because he, you know, as a former accountant, you numbers are very easy. For you to just spew out percentages and return rates and all that stuff is very easy for him to do. Yeah, that side of my brain doesn't work like that. And then for me, it's more um, now on now like the way that our business is set up is more about just strategy 
and things like that, just planning ahead of time. So working in a manufacturing plant and, you know, being a project engineer, it's worked in my favor to be able to plan ahead and be able to look at the entire picture just in one view and move different pieces together as far as strategic planning goes, I think. Yeah. What do you guys see yourself doing in five years with the business? I mean, that's ever evolving. So it's like, it also changes because the the real estate market is so fluctuates a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But as far as like the brokerage side, I see, cause we just, you know, I like Matt mentioned, we'd recently started a real estate brokerage. I see that business as us having, you know, 50, 60 agents and we're doing, you know, tens, hundreds of transactions a year. As far as the podcast that we host, we just, I just see ourselves continuing to do that because we enjoy it a lot. I personally, it's one of the most, I, I think I made a post on Facebook the other day about how, Starting a podcast and being able to talk to different business owners and entrepreneurs is just one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. I agree 100%. You know, and, um, but as far as the development side, it, it, even though it's ever changing, I see us doing a lot of what we're doing now and just scaling, getting things tighter where we're, there's a lot more systems in place. What do you guys do? I know on the business side, um, it's important to be on top of your game and develop yourself in that respect. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys do internally? What have you guys been focusing on to help you oh, dude, develop internally? We've probably spent over a hundred thousand dollars in self development alone. Yeah. Like, Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> we've spent well over a hundred grand in self development, and since we've been in business together. Yeah, we go to like so many um, different boot camps and seminars and um, learning from different aspects of the business. Like even the brokerage um, that we're opening had a specific um, intention that we wanted to do. And then we found someone who already did it. And then we went and flew out for a site visit for like three days. Um, This guy had already had a whole training program and now we're just replicating that business model. So I'll I'll give you a little bit of context on that. Just so uh, hopefully we don't make your podcast go too long here. No, it's believe me. I'm all about the vibe, (laughs) man. Keep going. Keep going. So our vision for the brokerage was, uh, you know, in real estate investing, right? Our entire goal and the development side is to find distressed sellers, you know, somebody who's going through bankruptcy, foreclosure, divorce, and uh, unwanted inherited property. Uh, so we do a lot of lead generation for that. You know, we put signs out, send letters. And a lot of the time, a lot of the leads that we were getting was somebody who was just trying to sell their house. Just a, a normal house. There's no, dis- there's no distress. There's no, the house is nice enough that it can be listed on the MLS. So a lot of the time, a lot, with a lot of the leads, we were just like, hey, you know, it sounds like when I would be on the phone with them, I was like, hey, you're, it's, it sounds like your house is just too pretty for us to even buy. Hmm. And we'd be like, that's it. We just let the lead go, or we would keep some of those leads and try to give them out to other brokers so they could go in on a listing appointment and list it. Uh, so our entire vision for that was like, why don't we build the brokerage around that, you know, around doing both marketing for distressed sellers, but also being able to take advantage of retail leads. And Matt found this guy out in Boston who's been doing that for five years, three uh, years? Probably three to five. And um, he had our vision for the brokerage to the T, mm. right? What we wanted to do is what he's been doing for, for however long he's been doing it. And he offers a program that teaches you how to do that. So we're like, let's do it and literally copy everything that he's doing. And that's what we're doing now. So it's all about instead of um, – there's this phrase, uh, 
rather cappy genius and create mediocrity. Mm. So if there's something that you want to do, the chances are someone else has probably already done it or at least started. So you can um, go out and find that, replicate that, and then you could take out things that you don't, you know, that's not working. You could add your own flair and then, but you can use something else as a base instead of starting everything else from scratch and it gets, gives you a head start on something. Um, so use it as a starting point, a reference point, really, and then you can customize it to your own personality. Right, because why, why are you going to reinvent the wheel? Yeah, for sure. When somebody's already done it, just make it better. For they sure. Say like, Not make it better, but just make it, make it give it your own, own taste or flair. Or yeah. Like in touch. school, you get uh, in trouble for copying someone else's work, but in, um, in business, like that's just how business works. You get rewarded for copying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how about it? I like it. I like uh, it. But yeah. And then, you know, as far as self-development goes, um, I read a lot. Uh, but what, what what are some of the things like there's other, is there a specific category that you personally follow to help you read like in books? Yeah. Like, is there a specific topic? Uh, a lot of, yeah, obviously nonfiction. Um, a lot of books like, you know, principles. Uh, I just picked out this book called Traction, who was recommended by an, a podcast guest that we had. Uh, this other one called The Messy Middle or, you know, just business books that just talk about how to grow a business, how to develop a business. We're starting to, since we started the brokerage, I'm reading a lot of stuff on how to keep employees happy, how to be able to manage employees correctly. Um, you know, just things that are going to help me with the vision that I have. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm envisioning 30, 40, 50 people working under us, I want to be able to manage them correctly. So I'm going to read books on how to manage people correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. It, all the books, everything that I read, everything that I listen to, um, you know, as far as audible books go, are all very specific, very strategic on what I see myself doing in the future. And, you know, I obviously listen to a lot of crap, like comedy and stuff like that. <laughs> you need for a entertainment break. purposes. You need a break yeah. sometimes. Yeah, right? for like, sure. People, uh, you know, turn your car into a mobile university, but sometimes I just feel like listening to some... I don't know, Lil Wayne. Kodak Black or, you know, <laughs> Migos or something, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like, hey, yeah. but yeah, we've also, sure. we've also done a social media training, like even for the podcast, we went to podcast movement in July, which is um, the biggest podcast conference in the world. It was like mm-hmm. five or six days. And then we just checked uh, last week and I don't think it's a coincidence, but like the next month, our, um, our listener, our listener uh, base actually doubled. Um, you know, per month, which is like nuts. I think, so yeah, like, I think I told you when you when I reached out to you, we're like we just broke a thousand downloads per month. Yeah, that was that's freaking awesome. Uh, but yeah, as you can see, like the theme, it's it's of self development, all very strategic and very not planned out, but it's just out of necessity, really. Like just being able to realize like where you where you need help, right? Or yeah, I don't know. It's so like your mind's like a muscle, right? So if like you know you being a bodybuilder, you got to. Be able to, um, if you work out your muscles, they get bigger, they get stronger. Um, so if you want to get bigger and stronger in your mindset, you got to work out your mind. So you have to feed yourself all these books, you know, listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. find the experts, learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, just, it's the same concept. How do you guys identify your weak spots? I know that's one of the things that I work with my clients on and, you know, most of us don't want to admit we have weak spots. It's, no, I think it all comes. Your business tells you when you make where you make the most mistakes. Yeah, and, and to like, me, I need to figure this out. And to me, one of the most um, uh, good qualities that somebody can have is uh, self awareness. Like it all comes down to being self aware of what you're good at and what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. So it's just being self aware of those things that you really lack it, and just being honest with yourself and be like, hey, like I know for a fact, 
I would I I've done the managing projects and doing the construction. I'm not good at it. Mm. That's for sure. Our partner, <laughs> our our part, our new partner Jay is fucking amazing at it. It's phenomenal. That's I'll his lane. Let him do that. That's his lane, and I'll go ahead. Yeah, I still help on picking the finishes because I'm very design minded and I like to put my own taste. That's your background as an engineer. Yeah, not necessarily. No, it was a manufacturing plant. We designed like you know, like the signs that go up on like the, but, but the skyscrapers. It also as like a right. photographer, you know, right you for design. Right. So I've been I've been into like photography and graphic design, and I just stuff that looked nice appealed to me. Yeah. There. So there is this artistic <laughs> side. To right. 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 It. Right. So um, I still pick you know tile and colors and floors and you know like the wall over here. You know, like the board and band go- wall that goes all the way to the ceiling. That was love you know, it. My idea. Yeah, the decor here like is that. beautiful. Yeah. All right. So, if someone's starting out in real estate, um, what would be your best advice for them? I would say immediately start going to networking events, meet um, other people that are in the industry, uh, start reading books and podcasts on the subjects that you want to learn that you want to do. Um, the best thing you can do is you know find a mentor, um, find someone that's doing what you want to do, and learn from them. Mm-hmm. So those are two biggest things. And that's when our business really took off. Um, like I just went to like a meetup.com and I was like, I joined like 50 groups and then I looked at, um, the whole month of like what events were going up and I planned out my entire month of what I was going to. And then like literally probably for about a year, uh, went to two to three networking events a week, like every week and just immerse myself in the business and the industry. This works for any industry, any business that you're doing. Um, find out other people in the industry that are doing it and are killing it and learn from them and then just self educate. And then, don't do that for too long, but then go out and start, you know, doing deals or start applying it after you feel comfortable enough or have like, you know, some knowledge. Cause then you also have to learn from experience as well. I agree. The immersion piece is, is very important, not only from a content and, um, you know, kind of like the gathering stage of information, but then you just hit it on the head. Then comes the actual practical aspect where most people get stuck on, I'm just going to sit here and get more information. Analysis by paralysis. Yeah, analysis by paralysis. If I get one more book, if I get one more <laughs> contact, then I'll, but yeah. you really don't know until you throw your, you know, your hat in the ring, so to speak, and then just start learning through through the mistakes that you make because you're going to make them and that's okay. To me, it would be an advice I would give somebody wanting to get started in real estate would be to um, assess yourself and come up with what you're good at and what you're not good at and then finding the team members that will complement your strengths. Instead of focusing on trying to bring up your weaknesses, just double down on your strengths and find somebody else who's good at your weaknesses because you're going to spend too much time trying to bring your weaknesses up to par to your strengths, just double down on your strengths and find somebody who's good at what you're not good at. Very good point. I was reading, uh, I'm a audible.com junkie. I take in about two or three books a week. And one of the books was mentioning how the really, really successful people who, and I don't define success just by your bank account, but it's the impact that people make. And the one common thread is they invest the majority of their time, probably 90% of their time in what they do best. Yeah. What their lane is. And the problem is most people don't even know what their lane is. They have no idea because they're trying to save the world, right? <laughs> and then they forget about themselves. But if we were to just kind of like get a little bit more laser focused on what we do best, and then as you just mentioned, surround ourselves with some rock stars, I think that's when business really takes off. I think a way to do that, um, and I was just reading this uh, this really short book um, uh, that I was just reading. I forgot the name. Um, but he was saying, 
to I think to get good at, to find out what you're not good at to talk to somebody either or journal or get a you know go to therapy or just talk to somebody because that's the way that you're going to find out what you're not good at instead of just if you keep thinking and thinking and thinking you're having a conversation with yourself and then yourself is going to justify your own thoughts so you're never going to get out of your own head you have to say it to somebody and that's when things don't make sense right so just talking to talking it out talking to somebody to see like you know what your strengths are and then maybe journaling journaling helps me a lot mm. i just put all my thoughts on there and then i've just realized that most of the time i'm just lying to myself <laughs> let's take a, let's take the even a step further because I, I really I, I like what you were where you were going with that what we're good at let's define that it's not necessarily like like what we are good at because we've continued to work at it and created a habit i think it's it also includes what you what comes natural to you mm-hmm. right I, i think when people tell you like growing up i was always told man you 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 do this well you do this well so that feedback that we've gotten even you know growing up and as we gotten as we've gotten older what's been that feedback and like you just mentioned being being a little bit more clear and identifying those things and staying in those lanes that that are as a result of what we're really just natural at yeah i like it all right guys any any last thoughts uh for our audience as we wrap up this conversation on life hacks for entrepreneurs i would say just don't be afraid if there's something you want to do go out and do it um because we all have that fear and um a lot of times people will say oh i'll do this one day and they'll just you know wait because they're fearful and then they might never even get to do it or go out and you know do it and just just you know jump in with both feet I thought you were just gonna do it the, the faster you get over your fear. I thought you were so just gonna do a Grant Cardone and say, "Don't be a little bitch." Though, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, wait, what did you say the other so day? So funny. You know how you said like you don't me- you don't measure success by the size of your bank account. Mm-hmm. What did you tell me about Grant Cardone the other day? That he was ask- actually asking people to show him their bank account. Yeah, no, I know uh, <laughs> some people who know him personally, some of his partners, and he's just like he's a savage. <laughs> it's like, it's like dude, show goes, me your bank account. If someone says they're successful, he'll be like, show me your bank account. And then you know, a normal person would say no, so the guy said no, and Grant Cardone just. <laughs> took out his phone and went out his bank account and started showing him like his, like it was like some had like five million one had ten million like he showed yeah. him all stuff so then yeah like you know you if you want to do something then you show someone that you are willing to do it first so then the mm-hmm. other guy showed him his he goes okay he's like you're doing all right like, yeah <laughs> all right so where can people find you especially those of us who uh in the audience who might be looking to start you know, real estate investing, you know, I'm sure you guys would be open to, to helping them out as well. Yeah. So real estate, um, our company is called Park Place Property Group. So you can find us at parkplacepropertygroup.com or email either one of us at matt at parkplacepropertygroup.com or, or ricardo at parkplacepropertygroup.com. And then we also have our own podcast, uh, profitsoverwages.co. And then... In the podcast, we do um, we do weekly interviews with highly successful business owners and entrepreneurs, um, and it's not necessarily real estate. We've had some people in, in the custom clothing industry, contracting, uh, realtors, uh, coaching, PR. I mean, just full gamut. Just a full gamut of people. Just successful business owners and entrepreneurs so if that's something that you're interested in definitely check it out profitsoverwidges.co and then you could also find it on pretty much anywhere where you get podcasts except anchor i don't think we're on anchor but everything else we are yeah itunes spotify stitcher anywhere else you youtube to podcast box everything very nice 
Ricardo, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, man. Here on Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs. Hey, you've been listening to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast where we share practical life hacks to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time with your host, loss mitigation executive, entrepreneur, and nationally featured author and speaker, David Ubeda. Hey, life hackers, help us reach more people. We need your help. Stop at iTunes, give us a positive review and rating. Remember, our goal is to become the number one small business podcast on iTunes, so your feedback really does matter. Hey, for more great content like you found here on this podcast, make sure to visit davidubita.com. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give.